What's good, everybody, and welcome back to season what? What season are we on there, Dave? Season five. Season five of Body Bag Podcast. I'm Chris Thomas, and with me, as always, Broke Rider Dave. How are we doing, everybody? Another season uh, getting started. You know, I feel excited. It's another season getting started, and we actually have movies to look forward to. We don't have to sit yes. here and dread these movies. We needed a break from, from terrible season. movies. Yeah. The only thing that got us through it was our our Will and Luke Wilson. It was yeah. the only things that got us through uh, last season. Yeah. And apparently, according to all the likes on uh, on that Soul Survivor thumbnail, uh, the love for Luke Wilson is strong. So yes. <laughs> b- big, uh, big Luke Wilson fan. <laughs> apparently yes, on the we are. Bag. Yeah. <laughs> um, whether he's playing an out-of-character priest or playing in a comedy like Old School. Exactly. But this is the season of, what would you say, the season of personal favorites? Yeah, I'd say uh, season of our uh, of body bag favorites. Yeah. Body bag favorites? The, uh, the the grab bag, body bag grab bag yeah. favorites. <laughs> and uh, I, I won the coin toss, so uh, I go first. It's These are movies that whatever time of day, whenever they're playing, I'm watching it. Yes. Or I go out of my way to watch these. Yeah. And for, I was, you know, and those are hard to narrow down. So when yeah. I was making my three, 1408, room 1408 is the one that I chose today. Yeah. Now, why 1408? I mean, it's a Stephen King story. You know, why not The Shining? Why not Misery? I mean, I do love all those movies. Yes. But... There's something about Room 1408. Like, I, you know, first off, I don't think it gets talked about enough. No, not at um, all. Yeah, I mean, you hear pe- more people talk about Tommy Knockers than you, uh, Room 1408 uh, sometimes, yeah. but. I think this is only the second time I've ever watched this movie. I and saw... I haven't seen it in like a decade before I watched Before the Review, so. This actually falls in the category of uh, went into it uh not really having any expectations when i when it came out in theaters i was like uh what's the date on this one june 22nd of 2007 meaning i would have been 16 so still not legally able to go you know to a rated r movie this was a pg-13 movie and i don't know at the time i was like oh man pg-13 horror i mean it's gonna be cutting down on the gore i mean it's gonna cut down all the blood you can't really cuss that much or anything you know yeah and I walked out of this movie pleasantly surprised. This is kind of how you do a PG-13 horror movie. This is how you do a PG-13 horror movie. and But I think that ghost movies can get away with that a little bit better. I mean, you, it's hard to yeah. make like a slasher with a PG-13. I mean, I think the last one we reviewed was Black Christmas, and we know how yeah. that is. Yeah, because... Uh... Kind of in ghost movies, you don't need as much of the gore or the kills. You rely more on the suspense and the setting, the atmosphere, yeah, ambiance of it. In fact, like it's you get away a lot with quieter scenes. Kind of like what I wish they would have done. Well, another one that didn't do it well was Slender Man. Yeah, which the stuff that they did do that worked wasn't enough. It was like those small, like the shadows in the background yeah. so you know what have you but before we get into that this is being our first of the reviews between you and me i don't know if it's going to be this one or our first guest that's going to be our season premiere but 
Uh, just it's going to go the guest first and then this one. Yeah. But, but just as a reminder, what kind of stuff are we going to be bringing this season? I just want to, you know, if, if they missed the last one, what can people expect this season that's going to be a little bit different? I mean, we're going to keep the movie reviews, keep having guests on, but we're also bringing back the uh, versus battles that we did way back in season one. Way back when? And then we're going to be doing something different with the collaborative top 10s using years and stuff. We're still working out the kinks on that one, so. This is going to be very much an experimental season. Yeah. But uh, but we have these uh, good movies to fall back on. And I have to bring up something real quick before we get started, because I just got some depressing news. Um, they're, they're making a third Hocus Pocus. I, I still haven't watched the second one. I just got the news on that, and... Uh, I mean, I I haven't. Everybody loves. Well, every horror fan usually loves Hocus Pocus. Yeah. But I don't think I've heard anybody say, "Man, you know it was a great movie, Hocus Pocus 2. Yeah, I can't be the judge of it because I haven't seen it. But I have no like frame of reference. No, like want or desire to go watch Hocus Pocus two. <laughs> I feel like it'll be the same way with three. I, I'm very hesitant to watch a movie that's been like dead for 20 years get revived, especially in this era. I, cause I, I know that it's only a handful, but for some reason, I just keep going back to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, and the, yeah. and the uh, you're going to get canceled, bro, thing. I know yeah. that's just an isolated movie scene, but I, it, it just stuck with me, and that just is what I think about whenever I think, oh, we're Plus, reviving focus, a franchise. Focus. The movies are kind of made for younger teenagers, preteens, so. But plus, when the first one came yeah. out, it was very much a uh, time capsule, too, of yeah of that era of the 90s. So, you know, being in my 30s, I don't think I'd enjoy the Hocus Pocus that are coming out now the way I enjoyed the original. Maybe we'll have to review Hocus Pocus 2 at some point. Yeah. Um, but... Well, we're we're going to you know set that aside. I just needed to say that at least once because yeah. I was bummed out when I heard it. But uh, onto something that I am looking forward to, Room fourteen oh eight. So you said you enjoyed just kind of talking about this movie. This is going to be spoiler talk all year, yeah. all season long. Yeah, I mean it's not like we're going to be reviewing any movies that have come out like right as they come out. So no, they're not all going to be like Evil Dead Rise or anything like that. These yeah, even that when it comes out, it'll be. Four months after release date, so these are all personal favorites, which means they've been around a while. And exactly, so yeah. if you, you know, if you clicked on it, first and foremost, spoiler alert at the yeah. very beginning. <laughs> and I'll bring up the one uh, sentence sum up: a skeptical author spends the night in an actual haunted hotel room, and it screws with his mind. Will he escape? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now you've seen this movie. You said you hadn't seen this movie in a while since. Like years. yeah, I don't think I've seen this movie since it like first came out, like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. It's probably first time I watched it. You know what I, I compared yeah. this to? Because when you think Stephen King, and then you think like uh, ghosts and whatnot, you automatically think of The Shining. Yeah, the way that if you're wondering what Room fourteen oh eight is and how I equate the two or on the scale, I would say that The Shining is like The Godfather. And Room 1408 is like Goodfellas. <laughs> and by that, I mean, everybody knows that The Godfather is a classic and great, but yeah. I've seen way more people who like will watch Goodfellas like on a more regular basis. Yeah. 
you get more scares for your buck. It's less of a slow build and more of a mind fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but what did you think about it coming back after, you know, a couple of years? I mean, it's a really good, uh, enjoyable movie. It's aged well since... 2007? Yeah, about 15 years since the last time I've seen it. So the fact that, you know, 15 years, it's still a good movie. Because there's a lot of movies that you'll see and then not watch for a long time. Then you go back and watch them and realize they don't age too well. And the story that they tell is I think also easier to follow than, like, The, the Shining. Shining. Yeah. It is a very straightforward movie. Yeah. You know, it's a skeptic who comes into contact about the stuff that he's skeptical about. Yeah. That's the bare bones of it. Yeah. And not gonna lie, I forgot how it ended. There's actually, I didn't know this, but there was actually another ending. I didn't oh. know it. Which ending did you see? Where he uh, burns down the room. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I forgot how it ended. Mm-hmm. So when he kind of has the false dream of him waking up after drowning in the wake crash i thought that was going to be the ending and i got really mad about that i liked the fake out yeah i didn't know it was a fake out at all i was just like oh i thought it was a cop out same same way as soul survivors this is ridiculous no yeah i thought it was when i first saw it too a cop out i was like oh man really he was drowning in the in the ocean while he was surfing nope fooled you nope he's back in the room he's he's yeah because they really go into it because he goes like he a lives couple, a couple days. Yeah, a while outside of uh, the hotel room. Yeah, he, he reconciles with his wife. He's uh, he wrote goes, a new book. He's going to the post office. He's making phone calls with yeah. people, and it turns out, nope, it's all he's still in the room. Now the now the alternate ending from what I saw, and I saw this randomly on TikTok. I guess I was down the Stephen King talk rabbit hole. Yeah, and the, you have the regular ending in which. He burns down the hotel room, but he's rescued by the firefighters. He gets a box of his stuff, and in it's a tape recorder that recorded him talking to his daughter, deceased yeah. daughter. And his wife overhears it, drops it, and is like, oh my god, it was real. Yeah. Now, the alternate ending from what I saw is he dies in the hotel room, and you see like the rubble of the burn down of the some of the hotel room where he was, and you see his ghost still staying in the hotel room like his ghost never left that hotel room even though it got burnt down oh now that one's more yeah now that that one's a lot more bleak and i'm all for having a nice bleak like ending but i i but sometimes i like a nice happy ending too so i will take him yeah i'll take the happy ending on this one yeah i will take the happy ending on this one because he goes through it in this one i feel like he kind of deserves a happy ending by the end now i just kind of want to talk about why this movie works because there's there's a couple we mentioned slender man and i don't know off the top of my head like movies that do pg that are pg-13 but you know i used to be of the mindset that if a horror movie was pg-13 it wasn't really worth watching uh you know teenager you know i was a teenager point by point let's just talk about why this movie works and how you don't really need a whole lot of gore for this yeah my number one reason about why this movie works compared to movies like Slenderman mm-hmm. is our character. Like, our one main character in here, they do a really good job developing his character and giving us reasons to care about him. Mike Enslin, played by John Cusack, is our main character, by yes. the way. Unlike Slenderman, where you just really don't give a fuck about any of the people in that movie. Unlike Slenderman, just kind of throws us into this group of friends and we're supposed yeah. to care about. 
in the first like 15 minutes we're at least being introduced to our character we know who mike inslin yeah. is they don't have to spell out necessarily everything that's going on with him but from the first 15 minutes you know he's a skeptic he he's an author um and there's some tragedy in his life yeah he's estranged from his ex-wife you kind of can understand probably what the deal was they don't have to sit there and spell it out for you no so so probably another reason why i like it is because now that we're trying to be delving into writing and we've interviewed our share of authors i, I appreciate an author as a main character yeah which i mean uh, stephen king is known for i mean misery shining room 1408 i mean they, he yeah. he writes about Endless, writers. yeah it you know write about what you know i guess <laughs> and i can understand the frustrations of a author trying to get out of a slump yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm still very much in mine yeah <laughs> and, it, and it and i'm holding some uh, unspoken resentment to dave because he's progressing way faster than i am <laughs> <laughs> but so yes we have good main characters. Uh, another side character, we have Samuel Jackson, who is the owner, or the, not the hotel owner. Manager. Of, yeah. Manager of the yeah. Dolphin Hotel, which is where this takes place. Yeah. And the, you know, title of the movie, In Room 1408. 1408. Now, the setup for Room 1408 is that there have been dozens of dozens of deaths in that, some caused by murder, some caused by suicide and natural causes. Yeah. The whole shtick of the room is that it makes the people go crazy and make them want to kill themselves. Yeah. Because that's the only way you're getting out of the hotel is if you're dead. And it's just, it's really amazing what they get done. And, I'd, and I'm, I'm a real big sucker for stories that take place in one small location. Because it's all in one room. I mean, aside from the intro and the ending, it all takes place in this room. But it also kind of does it. It's huge. Yeah. This room kind of takes them different places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's big and huge at some points, and it's small. And here's another point: the this is kind of actually an issue that I had with Evil Dead Rise, in which I said all I kept thinking about was ways they could have escaped. Yeah, this one shows all of the things that you would think, think all right to escape, yeah, to escape, and shows why those wouldn't work. Yeah. He tries to go out the window. He can't do that. In fact, they do a little mind fuck where he sees somebody across the, the street at the other building and it's himself. Yeah. <laughs> that one was a real good... I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, he tries to go through the air ducts. Uh, he gets chased by some dude wearing a like exterminator mask, it looked like. Yeah. Um, chased out of the air vents. He's chased out of the air vents. He tries to get somebody else to come into the room. He, he tries to like zoom talk his wife his, into coming in, like trying to get him and the room still fucks with him. Yeah. Tries to go out the door. Doorknob just falls off. Yeah. It's just a really, really tight like script where you sitting here, you know, I, I love that we're, you know, cause he's not dumb. He's sitting there like, all right, he, tr he exhausts his options. Yeah. Cause he, as the first couple things are going on, he's like, this isn't real. He's trying to figure out, how the manager is doing it to mess with him. Yeah, he's still a skeptic through and through until about a little over halfway through the movie. Yeah. Which, <laughs> I, I love that he keeps thinking, all right, it's the manager screwing with me. It's Samuel yeah. Jackson up to his wily ways. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get me to say this place really haunted. Yeah, because his whole thing is that he writes about, he's written like 
four or five books, like 10 haunted graveyards, 10 haunted restaurants, 10 haunted yeah. whatever the heck. And so now he's none of them has actually been haunted. He's just kind of been making up the stories. He he's yeah he, he knows more businesses yeah yeah he knows how to like f- fluff up a piece and make it like oh there's really nothing going on in this place but eh, I guess I could <laughs> I think yeah. he said I think he, he he complimented the picture on the wall though he's like yeah, yeah. nice picture though <laughs> yeah. so it it it, yeah. it also isn't just horror either there's a fair amount of humor in it too <laughs> yeah there's some yeah a lot of it to this one. Yeah, there's there's some humor in it, especially considering he's a skeptic. Like he yeah. and like the the room is very sentient and knows you know it's a living entity. It's not a ghost. It's as as Samuel Jackson. The room said, itself is evil. Yes, as Samuel Jackson says, it's an evil fucking room. Yeah. <laughs> so the one of the first things that it does is it like puts the temperature up to like eighty degrees, ninety yeah. degrees, or something like that. A little bit of foreshadowing, seeing as how he ends up burning the place down. Room, yeah. And he opens up the door. He gets the maintenance. He calls the maintenance guy. Has the maintenance guy come to the door, and the guy sees him like sweating. And he said, "Is the room hot or too cold?" And he's like, "What do you think?" <laughs> I'm in a Hawaiian shirt right now, sweating. What do you mean? And I love that the maintenance guy's like, "I'm not going in there." He's like, "I'm gonna tell you how to fix it." Yeah, John Cusack is the right amount of sarcastic in this movie, yeah. which it just endears, yeah. endears him to me even more. Yeah, because he doesn't push a line to where it's like he comes like overly sarcastic and like asshole. No, he kind of rides that line perfectly in this movie. Yeah, and and you know, again, though they pull back on it, there is a fair amount of scares in this. A lot of them are jump scares, and usually I have a problem with that, but I think in this case it works. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it works for the most part. Is that well? It sounded yeah. like you, you were a little hesitant. What, was it getting a little I, tiresome? I, mean, I wouldn't say it's tiresome. It's just you feel like jump scares and like quotations. Well, there's a couple there, yeah. and it's because I think it works because since you're in a uh, confined room, like a lot of the scares are going to be he turns a quarter and then something like pops out, yeah. or he he looks up and then boom, something's right there. Yeah. But I've always said that there's like a time and place for jump scares. And I, I think for the most part, this does it well. Yeah, better um, than most. So. B- better better than most, I'd say. Um, so as I said, the ending, he, he eventually, at one point, uh, the room messes with him to the point where he feels like he's drowning at one point. Yeah. That was probably my favorite scene. Because you have the picture of the boat on the rough seas and then all of a sudden... That room becomes that boat, and he's out in the middle of a storm. Yeah, out in the middle. Of I the thought ocean. that was awesome. Yeah, which leads up to probably my favorite scene is when he's in the post office, and then he slowly starts to like look around and see things looking familiar, and then yeah. the people in the post office stop ripping the post office apart, and then by the time they rip everything down, he's back in the room. Yeah, I liked that scene. I thought that was a really cool scene and a really yeah kind of like a messed up way to. Be like, oh no, he didn't leave. <laughs> so, so essentially, you know, it's a. Uh, you're, you're the the uh, info guy there, Dave. How long is this movie? It's. Uh, uh, I mean, it didn't feel like it was that long. Actually, it's 104 minutes, so a little over an hour and a half. Yeah, and that's not long at all. So, it's like about 15 minutes of of setup. Yeah. Um, and then you know the majority of it is in the room, and then probably like the last 10 minutes 
essentially he burns the room down. He has the uh, a bottle of alcohol that the manager gives him. Yeah. Sets the room on fire after he actually has a conversation with the room itself via telephone. Yeah, that was, that was one of my favorite scenes where it's like, do you want another hour of this? Or do you want to take the express checkout and yeah, start dropping nooses all around the room for him? Yeah, because he's been in the room for what feels like hours and hours and hours. And if you consider he it faked him out to think he was out yeah. days. Yeah, but it's he, only been an hour. It's only been an hour, which... Uh, the rumor is that no one's ever lasted an hour in room 1408. Yeah. But just because he he lasted an hour, it just resets. Yeah. So he's going to have to do this for all eternity unless he kills himself, essentially, is what the gist is. Basically, yeah. So I love the way he went out, though. He's like, hey, if I'm going out... Taking you with me. I'm taking you with me with this yeah. fine bottle of scotch that I got. Yeah, but uh, like I said, it's, what, 104 minutes? Yeah. I say about good... 60 minutes of the movie you're in the room which is nice yes you know you're 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 in the room for a good amount of time yeah but but it's also you know you want to also see what happened but they spend a good amount of build-up beforehand yeah actually i think you only i want to know if it mirrors the actual like 60 minutes oh you mean like if you were to start the timer at uh when yeah he walks in the room and it like the second it ends has it been an hour yeah I'll have to check that out. I'll have to. Yeah. I'll have to rewatch it and like start the timer. And... Cause it's pretty close. Yeah, the amount of time we spend in that room. If he, depending on which version of the ending that you want, he burns it down, but he gets rescued by some firefighters. Reconciles with his wife. Um, she hears an old tape recorder that he brought with him to the hotel, and he hears that he was talking to their daughter. Yeah. Yeah. What the mo- the the movie like and the room like. Is screwing with him physically and emotionally. Well, that's the that's the big thing. I don't think we mentioned. Yeah, they lost their. No, no, we mentioned that, that he lost his daughter. Well, we say he went through treachery. Yeah, like he lost his daughter and then he walked out on his wife afterwards. Yeah, he he uh, yeah. her his daughter died of uh, I don't know exactly what disease, but she had like I guess some kind of cancer or some kind of debilitating disease. So it was a very and, painful death. Yeah, and you see, like as the daughters get closer to death. Him and his wife would argue more about, like, religion and afterlife stuff. Yeah, he doesn't b- really believe Believed, yeah. in, in religion. She's, He's like, why are you filling her head with all this nonsense? And she's yeah. like, there's nothing wrong with giving her hope. And, you know, some tough, tough, tough decisions that, you know, a grieving parents going to have to make. Exactly. Yeah. I think Stephen King has always touched a little bit on religion in his movies. Yeah. But they don't really delve into what, like, one person believes one way or the other. I mean, it's a ghost movie, so yeah. there's some kind of thought of an afterlife, but no real talk of heaven or hell, really. Yeah. So it doesn't really get too deep into that if you're worried about, like, like oh, man, is this going to be all, like, you know, heavy-handed yeah. with anti-religion? It's not really like that. It's just, no, it's not at all. It's, it's little yeah. bits and pieces, and it's like a realistic conversation between two parents with a dying child yeah so that's i'm glad that it didn't really there there is a talk of some kind of afterlife but not really heaven or hell no it's not focused on all that much yeah which i think if they did like i think uh in the hands of a different like story thing or story team they probably might have tried to finagle some more of that kind of stuff in there this movie doesn't need any more of that it's just 
it's just a small story beat in a larger story, which is perfect for this. Which it itself is not a really long story, uh, if you no. go by the source material. I heard the, uh, or I listened to some of the audiobook version of 14 Hour. It gets really graphic, though, with how intense it can be in there. Yeah. Uh, like, he, I think at one point, like, there was, like, noises so piercing. It was, like, making his ears bleed. It felt like he was on fire. Like, it was... Yeah. A lot of like really descriptive stuff, but they do it very well. Uh, yeah. It's a pretty good adaptation, I thought. Yeah, I feel like it's a, one of the better Stephen King adaptations. So, um, so now I was going to bring up a topic uh, at the end of this thing to kind of uh, add a little bit of time onto this thing. So um, we've essentially said the plot of this thing and kind of how we feel about it. So this one doesn't have any real kills of it. But um, no. how about our favorite scene of the movie? How about, aside from the two that we just said, how about the scene of the movie? Scene of the movie. Or scare of the movie. I'll say either of those two. I'll say I mine. I would say, like, uh, my favorite part is kind of when he's, like, tr- trying to get help out the window. That was going to be mine, too. That was such a good, like, And the room scene. messes with him so much, he almost falls out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the camera pans out, and you and it looks like it's an endless, yeah, endless balcony that you can't get off of. Yeah, he tries to throw something down to get the attention of somebody on the street, and it just just disappears. It just disappears. He tries to wave at somebody from across the street, and it's like mimicking his movements, and then realizes it's himself. Realizes it's himself. That was a very good scene. So yeah. we both have kind of the same. Uh, scene of the movie yeah backup one would have been the post office scene but that one was definitely a very a pretty and it didn't have any jump scares in that one except for when he's trying to get back into the room but yeah the whole window scene was just done very well so uh now i guess these are well at least one of us is always going to have a high ranking for these since these are our yeah. you know, movies of the you know our these are movies yeah so, so so but that doesn't mean that the other person is always going to have you know you know, we have different tastes. Yeah. So I think my uh, movie yeah. I picked next, I think it, you're either going to really enjoy it or really hate it. So we'll tease that at the end. So, uh, you know, I keep liking more and more. We keep doing this. I like the scale that uh, you and me kind of compromised on our 30 point yeah. scale uh, broken down into three parts. Yeah. So it works. It works. I think it was the best of both worlds. Yeah. So. All right. So we'll start with. Um, technicals on this one. I mean, technically, it's a pretty tight movie. Um, yeah, it shot really well. CGI uh, is pretty well done, so yeah, probably and, give it an eight. Yeah, I will say that maybe there was maybe two or three jump scares that made it a little too much. I would say I'm a I'm the kind of guy who likes to use them sparingly. I know I said earlier that you know it works here, but I think there may have been maybe one or too too many jump scares yeah or uh you know you know jump scares loud noise oh my god what was that there was a there was for the most part it was done well but i think if they took out one or two it would have been a little bit better yeah because once you see it twice then you're like all right i'm expecting jump scares now yeah i'd say about an eight two i mean okay. it was it's a it's a very it's a well-made movie yeah it's visually well done so visually well it's, done it's a good spot for it um story Story, I, I will say, a, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, it, it's a good story. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's not like top tier favorite, so yeah, it's I'm yeah. going to give it like a seven just because it's 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 a relatively safe story that you have yeah. seen before. Yeah, it is I'm a right skeptic. there with you. Yeah, with seven. Yes, it's a skeptic, and he's you know he becomes a believer. I mean, we yeah. nothing wrong with that story. It's done well, but you know, I'm giving it a seven just because it plays it safe in that narrative. Yeah. Doesn't really. Now a real now a real mindfuck is he goes through all of that and he still doesn't believe. Yeah. That that would have made it jump to a nine. Right. <laughs> it would have been, been like, all right, dude, hey man, you okay. Stick it to your convictions right there, even though you've been proven wrong. Wrong, yeah. All right. So and uh and enjoyment. So for me, I enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. And if it's on, I'm gonna watch it. Mm-hmm. But I could just as easily probably go another decade and not watch it again. Yeah, it it is a movie that it's one that I have to to watch all the time. Yeah, it's one that I have to be reminded exists, and then when I hear, I'm like, oh yeah, that movie. I I love that movie, but it isn't front and foremost in my mind all the time. Uh, In fact, I had to remind myself that again, like I said, that it existed, especially that and that I had to remind myself it's a Stephen King movie. Yeah. Because again, when you say Stephen King, my mind still just automatically goes to The Shining. Shining, misery, yeah. So I will say, I mean, there's going to be other movies that I probably watch more than this, so I will give it a seven. Yeah, I'm probably going to go with a six. Six? Yeah. So all above average scores. Um, So that was a, what, a eight, seven, seven, I think, for me? Yeah, and then eight, seven, six for me, so... It's average 21 and a half, so. It's pretty good. 20 out of 30 is good. I'd say that's that's If you get in the 20s for us, those are where the good movies are probably going to be is in the 20s, so. This is also kind of another reason why, uh, I mean, if we were doing my scale, like, I would have had to determine, is it a good movie or is it a great, like, you know, so this is kind of why I like this scale. Cause it's like, all right, we, we averaged like the three parts and it's in the twenties. So if it's in the twenties, we like the movie. Yeah. You know, so. Like, I feel like anything above like an 18 is probably something we've enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. And anything that's like, whereas a 15, like down the middle would be something like my bloody Valentine. Exactly. Yeah. Which we still liked it. But you know, it's a run of a little slasher movie. I think it was just because it was a refresher since we had just finished watching Black Christmas and Hanukkah. Yeah, we were in the middle of watching terrible movies, so so we're just like, oh, thank God, a regular slasher, right? <laughs> but I would say that this is, you know, I'd say a couple of points above your typical ghost like scary yeah. movie. Like, I would watch this over, I've just never really been into the Insidious franchise, to be uh-huh. honest. Not for, it's okay. Not for lack of trying. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably watch this over like Conjuring two and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe I have to re. You know, maybe I have to go back and rewatch yeah. that series because it's been a long time. Maybe you know, yeah. well, ghost movies in general. But when it comes to ghost movies, my favorite is probably Sinister because it combines ghost movie with a slasher movie. So. Oh, I thought it was Thirteen Ghosts. Well, that too, but. You can have more than one. I mean, yeah. it's it's a such a the such horror... a large genre right there. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, 
instead of making these their own separate videos, I, you know, I thought we would just kind of give this little thing a, tr a try, a little topic talk. Yeah. I wanted to have a little section at the end of these to kind of touch on some more serious kind of things yeah. or things that are either issues that in Hollywood or things that are not really issues, but people make a big deal out of it kind of yeah. stuff. And before, you know, before we get into something like very deep or anything like that, I thought we would something just generally speaking, I'll, I'll tell you why I thought of it this way. I was on my way to a meeting earlier uh, yesterday and all of a sudden I heard um, a song by Michael Jackson. Uh, I think it was Human Nature. Yeah. By, by uh, I like that song. Yeah. And then, of course, I started thinking about Michael Jackson and I thought about the documentary of uh, Leaving Neverland. And yeah. I just wanted to pose the question because I also talked to my niece. Plus, we had uh, mm -hmm. William Perry who worked with Michael Jackson and mm -hmm. said, from what he knew, Michael Jackson was a good person. So it's like. Yeah. So and uh, when I, and I was talking also to my niece the other night about how my favorite family sitcom growing up as a kid was The Cosby Show, and Ooh, yeah, and it's unfortunate that that now has the stigma, uh, you know, that Bill it does. Cosby, yeah. So I just wanted to kind of throw out the question of like, at what point can you separate the art from the artist? Like, I mean, even now, like we have the at the time of this recording, The Flash is coming out uh, sometime within this month. Yeah. And we, we, you know, Ezra Miller has all that stuff, you know, attached to him. Come out that he's like a terrible person. Yeah. And, but a lot of people still say, I'm still going to go see, you know, The Flash. Yeah. So Grant Gustin will always be my Flash. Grant Gustin's going to be my Flash too. If they were, yeah. if DC was smart, they would just recast Grant Gustin, make the, just make, just take the L on this one. Yeah. Reshoot it. You would get so much on return on your investment if you just cast Grant. Grant you Gustin. got nine seasons of TV with him that were great, and he's all in all through like nine years, nothing bad has come from him. Yeah, seems like a reasonably well-adjusted good person. So, yeah, and he um, now personally, I think the C the quality of the CW shows have gone downhill yeah. drastically. But he himself Not has him, been fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he himself has been a great Flash. Yeah. So I, I really think that if they were just take an L and recast him, you that would probably revamp the DC universe yeah. more than you know. But you know what? But you know, then again, what do I know? I yeah. I'm a co-host of a podcast, and that's Hollywood. Yeah. But more close to like kind of our genre here, uh, you have uh, I don't know the name off the top of my head, but the director for Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Which is a disappointment to a lot of people, given yeah. that, the, as a creature, the Jeepers Creepers, you know, the creature. The first movie is one of the... Uh, Great movie, a fun yeah. movie. Yeah, uh, Victor Salva. Victor Salva. And it's yeah. always unfortunate when you have a good movie that just gets tainted by the person involved. Um, I mean, the movie we were talking about today, 1408. Mm-hmm. From the Weinstein Company. Yeah, and so was um, The Burning. Yeah, I mean, Harvey Weinstein is in... A lot, a lot of... A lot, know. so much of... A, he was part of some of the Halloween franchise. Part of Scream. Part so, of Burn. yeah. So, now let me ask you... Can you go and, like, watch Jeepers Creepers and separate your, uh, the guy from the movie? Or do you have a hard time with it? Like, I could go and watch the movie 
and just enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if, like, one of those things, like, Victor Salva, like, we did it involve kids. So mm-hmm. if we're going to talk about it on a public forum, mm-hmm. well, we don't have to remind go... people and yeah. that Victor Salva is a giant piece of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just uh, I was going to say, you know, we don't have to del- get like too graphic or anything with yeah. what he did, but it involved children and it was disgusting. Yeah. So it's just hard, you know. Yeah. You know, a lot of these aren't going to necessarily be like, well, we have an answer for that. It's just no. topics that, you know, are yeah. kind of, you know, kind of crop up. Like, I could personally go and enjoy a movie and stuff. Mm-hmm. My issue comes with when it comes to talking about it here on the podcast. I understand that. And yeah. We we had this talk before, you know, we yeah. started recording and, you know, this, you know, this is kind of relatively tame in terms of, because we're just talking about it as kind of like a broad a broad, broad spectrum to- yeah like a broad topic you know i'm not saying we need yeah. to get deep into stuff that people did i'm just saying how yeah. easy do you find it to separate the two is all i'm just posing yeah. the question is all yeah i'm seeing like more and more in like the like twitter and everything that people are like like completely writing people out for like dumb reasons now it is like they think different than me than politically i can't enjoy anything they've done before yeah, I mean, I've, Seriously? I've, I've scrolled through, um, you know, our Insta. Yeah. We have fans from way different sides. Yeah. You know, of the spectrum here. My hope is that keeping it light, you know, we don't talk yeah. about politics on the show. No. And there's a reason for that, because this is a movie review podcast. Yeah. And I got a horror movie to kind of escape politics because it's so much part of our lives. Yeah, it's we watch movies so we don't have to think about. I mean, I mean, well, unless politics is part of the movie, like, like you know, you know, Purge, for example, like it was yeah. a, you know, the it was started by the government, nor you know, but it's a fictional thing. Yeah, but usually when it's like politics are shoved into the movies, mm-hmm. it irritates me. Like uh, with Black Christmas, yes, and then but- uh. I started watching The Furious, and, and it was the same thing, just from a different side. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. It, I felt it, like I'm just getting preached at. I was like, I don't like this. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty fair on both sides, because yeah. Black Christmas, in terms of, of uh, ideology, I'm like right there with you, yeah. but, but damn it, you're like, you're bashing people, you're not winning over anybody. Yeah, like we said during that, like you could empower women without having to tear Vil- down men. Yeah, yeah, vilify all dudes. Yeah, and you know the way I heard people describe it is the entire movie is basically spoken as a giant Twitter argument. Yeah, which is a great way to. I think that that actually puts it better than how we put it. But it's just like one big Twitter argument of twenty nine. <laughs> yeah. But more so than that. It was boring, and it was just frustrating to watch. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna shove politics their face, make your movie interesting. Like that's why I give the 2013. Oh, I think it was 2013. 2008. Black, I mean, I 2008. Think. It was uh, around, let me whatever. Check. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, we we that's not it's not a good movie really, but it was. But I it's enjoyable. It was enjoyable. Six, by the way. Oh dang, do that, that even earlier. But yeah. we like it because it was like. At the end of the day, it was just ridiculous with the gore. Yeah, it had a pretty solid cast too. Yeah, I I, I liked the cast, and it was 
I give it a pass, but sometimes you do that. So, but you know, I digress. Um, yeah. So we don't really have necessarily any kind of real answer. It's just, I think at the very end, open up the dialogue. Yeah. Just open up the dialogue and you know, they're not always going to be, you know, super heavy or anything like that. No, but just, you know, just like 10 minute discussion of how hard do you find it? You know, I can watch a Kevin Spacey movie. I don't think I can really, for some reason, I can't watch House of Cards, but I do like Usual Suspects. Yeah. I guess just at the end of the day, is there any kind of, like... Someone so terrible just kind of takes it away from me, like... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to think if is there any, like, property that I'm like, I can't watch it anymore. Yeah. I guess not. I mean, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I it's mean... Just, it's just, you know, I think it's also because movies, you attach with a certain kind of emotion and nostalgia... Yeah, like, like with Cheapers Creepers, like yeah. when they come out, we were like eleven years old, twelve. Mm-hmm. So, and Cheapers Creepers one and two are. I mean, I think it's easier. Yeah. I'll say this: I think it's easier, depending on how long you've been familiar with the franchise. Yeah, because if like Victor Savile put out something now, not gonna watch it. Yeah, I wouldn't even bother watching it. Yeah, be so, the greatest movie ever. It's like no. So I guess at the end of the day, my like Jerry Springer, here's my final thought. I can understand either way. I I, I won't berate you if you go and like a certain movie, uh, if it's you know, has a certain like I'm not sitting there going to like bitch and moan at people for going to see The Flash because it has Ezra Miller in it. Yeah, I feel like it's just it's how you are personally. It is. It's your preference. So, yes, yeah. but me personally, I just think it just depends on the emotion that you might have with this of a certain product. Cause people want to yeah. see the flash because they love the flash. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily because Ezra Miller is the flash, but they love that property growing up. Yeah. Flash was always one of my favorite superheroes. Yeah. So, so no, I don't really judge anybody for going to go see it. Like you like yeah. the flash. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's my final thought. I just, I yeah. attach, we attach movies with nostalgia and a certain emotion. Yeah, and but you know people are going to be people, and exactly. not and not everybody is going to be squeaky clean. Unfortunately, yeah. In this situation, there are no right answers. It's all, what is your personal answer for this? So yeah. Uh, but uh, back to the you know movies uh that we're going to be reviewing. Do you want to go ahead and tease what our uh, next review is going to be? Our next review is going to be summer of '84. Haven't seen it. Yeah, and I said you're either going to hate it or love it mm-hmm. because the four main characters are like 14-year-old teenagers. Yeah, those are usually hit or miss for me, and they're in that age group where it's like, well... Yeah. Like, I, there's it, one... I mean, they act like, you know, 14-year-olds act stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think but, there's one that's really going to annoy you, though. <laughs> oh, that's fine. But, yeah. it, I mean, it also depends because, you know... I like my, you know, one of my favorite movies is The Goonies. So yeah. just because they're 14 doesn't necessarily mean anything. But yeah, yeah I, you'll know when you get a text from me. I'll, it'll either be a sigh or it'll be a, okay. You know, so. For now, me, like, this is one of my favorite movies because I think this is like a top tier story when it comes to movies. This is a, uh, is this one of the uh, cabin by the lake kind of movies or? Uh, no, it. I don't know why, for some reason, I always think Summer Camp when I hear Summer of 84. 
Yeah, you'd think so, but no, it takes place in like the s- suburbs during 1984. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, do you want to? There's do... not a lot of gore or anything, but it's just such a well-told movie. Hey, this is your pick, man. We all have. Yeah. This is why it's the. This is us treating to ourselves. Yes. So, um, now, do you want to assign homework? We're doing homework this season because every time we bring up, like, have you seen this movie? It. We we want to expand each other's repertoire when it comes to these movies, um, and so we decided sometime this season we're going to be giving each other homework. Like he has to see this, I have to watch something else, and then uh, we kind of give a little mini review of what we thought of it in their own separate episodes. But do you want to assign homework, uh, and then sometime down the line we'll make it an episode? Uh, we could do that. Like. I already have one for you that would be a homework assignment for you because yeah. I don't think you've seen it. Yeah, we could just come back and do like little mini reviews next time we do a like, yeah. movie review. Yeah. All right. Now, I think I think you said you haven't seen this, so this is going to be your homework assignment. The movie's called Intruder. Intruder? Okay. That is an early Sam Raimi movie. All right. That's on Shudder. I actually right. have that playing in the background as we were doing this review. All right. I think you'll like it. And you have to see... The Exorcist. Oh, I yeah. think you've never watched that. It's criminal. Yeah. <laughs> you need to watch that, man. It's it's one of those things that whenever The Exorcist gets brought up, I have to kind of like hang my head in shame a little bit and kind of back up. Uh, like, uh, can we talk about something else? I don't want to admit that I never saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, watch, yeah. I watch old, obscure movies like Vampires from Outer Space. So. <laughs> and uh, Exorcist, I think, is on... Uh... Well, HBO Max is gone now. Now it's just Max, but Which is yeah. so stupid. Right? Like, I didn't realize they did that until, like, a couple days ago. Well, there goes our HBO... Uh, our HBO... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> like, I went to HBO Max to try to watch something. It's like, you need to download this whole other app. I'm like... You just why? lost a customer. It's <laughs> like, why? But okay. But we're still holding out for you, Daddy. Is it on yeah. Shutter? Exorcist? I don't know. Well, if it's not, there are plenty of other fantastic movies that are available only on Shudder. Exactly, like Summer of 84. Like Summer of 84. Remember, all for the low, low price of $5 a month, was it? I think, yeah, $4.99 and $5.99. I mean, that's that's just a gallon of gas. I mean, come yeah, on it's so cheap, you don't even realize they take it out of your account. Or you could just t- pay it in full the 50 bucks. What's 50 bucks for an entire year? Come on Exactly, now. yeah. It is the Netflix of horror. Exactly. And I will be using it, and I'll be watching Summer of 84 as soon as we get finished with this. And yeah. and then followed up by The Exorcist, and then I'll go to bed trying not to have any nightmares. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this is a good way to kick off our season of, uh, what did I say, a, a body bag grab bag. bag. Yeah, body bag grab bag. Of we appreciate favorites. you guys all listening to us through five seasons so far. Mm-hmm. Hopefully five more to come. Exactly. Have a good week, everybody. See ya. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Body Bag Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and leave us a comment as to what you'd like to hear us review or any horror movie topics you'd like to hear us rant and rave about. And while you're at it, you can find us on Twitter at Body Bag Pod and on Instagram at Body Bag Podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.